0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, jam-packed on a Monday off what was a big weekend. It was a special weekend for me in multiple ways, I'll explain. A special weekend for Himbo in multiple ways, he will explain. Plus, the baseball was really good, the golf was fascinating, and a major football move we didn't see coming. Let's get this thing rolling. Here we go!
0: Only one
2: place to start. Odell Beckham Jr. announced on Instagram that he is signing with the Baltimore Ravens.
1: A one-year deal said to include $15 million guaranteed. If this was four years ago, that's great. It spells of desperation. All right, so that was the story yesterday. So there I am. I'm sitting there delightedly watching the Masters. Very busy weekend I had. Great weekend I had. Hembo and I had a bunch of book stuff. Then I went out to Chicago. I got to see my son, Uh, living his dream everything in our lives has been so much about me living my dream my son who was an aspiring actor had a leading role in this big play at school and his mother and I got to fly out there and watch him so happy we make it back yesterday in time to watch I got to see so little of the masters comparatively to what would be a normal year for me because of the play and because of all the book stuff that Hembo and I've had so I had Sunday just set aside that's it nothing No plans. Nothing going on. Stacey and I took a little walk in the morning, and then I'm going to sit and I'm going to watch the Masters. I got my green jacket on today. We never even mentioned the Masters on Get Up this morning. Things went so crazy. And part of that, with my buddy Jeremy Fowler, NFL insider extraordinaire, good enough to stick around after Get Up, is that as I'm sitting there watching the Masters, I start getting news that Odell Beckham Jr. has agreed to a deal not with the Jets, but with the Baltimore Ravens for $15 million guaranteed, Jeremy,
3: go. <laughs> it was shocking. It was shocking to teams that did not think Odell Beckham would get anything close to $15 million in guarantees. It was shocking to the whole world because I believe he broke the news himself. He put a picture of his son in Ravens gear on Instagram, and everybody's like, wait a minute, what just happened? So it was a complete scramble on Easter, but really the Ravens— had to capitalize on the urgency here because Odell Beckham was headed to the Jets to visit them, take his physical, talk about a role, talk about a contract there, potentially with the Jets. There was mutual interest w- between Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham in playing with each other. But The Ravens stepped up in a big way with a huge contract. So, look, let's put me aside for a moment here, and that's a, a very hard thing for me to do
1: because I always consider me first and foremost. <laughs> but putting the Jets' piece of this aside— there's no way to look at the Ravens giving this much money to Odell. And I hope everyone grasped that from what Jeremy just said. This was an amount of guaranteed money no one expected yeah. him to get. And I'm not even unhappy the Jets didn't get him because they would never have even considered this level of, of, of a commitment to him, nor should they. Yeah. He would have been an accent piece for the Jets, a luxury. Um Everyone's immediate reaction is, well, this has to mean something right. about Lamar Jackson. And for those who didn't see it, Lamar shortly thereafter posted like a screenshot of himself and, uh, and Odell like on FaceTime talking to each other. Right. So,
3: as far as the Odell of it all, what does this mean, Jeremy? Well, it's helpful. And I know the Ravens hope that it's helpful, the Odell signing leading to Lamar Jackson potentially coming back and either signing that franchise tag or working something out with the team. But I don't take it as a slam dunk because this is a relationship that needs mending. It's been tenuous at best. The Ravens have been looking for a wide receiver for a while while they've been looking for a quarterback. They've been talking to free agents like Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett. They've been looking in the draft. Uh, They talked to Denver once upon a time about Cortland Sutton trading for him. So this is not a new development that they were looking for a high-end wide receiver while they're looking for a replacement or a contingency plan for Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, asked to leave the Ravens and said goodbye to the city of Baltimore and its fans. That's
1: the thing, Hembo. There's a lot, yeah. Look, to describe this as mixed messages, I don't even know what else to say because you've got Lamar Jackson, as Jeremy pointed out astutely on Get Up this morning, literally the last communication we had from him to the world was him on social media saying goodbye to Baltimore. That's what he did. He, yeah. he, he bid farewell to Baltimore. The next communication we get is him on his own social media in what can only be obviously described as a celebration of Odell signing with the team that he himself has said goodbye to. So I don't know how to interpret those things.
4: The Ravens traditionally have been a smart organization, a shrewd organization. Yeah. Paying Odell Beckham $15 million guaranteed is, right. frankly, neither of those things. Right. What this feels it's like, like to me is a $15 million peace offering. This is the Ravens releasing yeah. a dove to Lamar Jackson and saying, look at us. We're, look at what we're doing around you in your absence. That, that's, the, that's how I interpreted this because yeah. this is so un-Ravens-like. There have to be additional motives beyond
1: we think Odell Beckham is a one because yeah. he's not a one. So, so, so Marcus and Damian Woody – and Fowler had a really interesting conversation on Get Up this morning. I hope you got a chance to hear some of it because Fowler is doing what reporters do. Excellent ones. You're talking to your sources in the building in Baltimore, and they're telling you, look, we haven't heard anything from them. We're, we're, no, nothing has changed here. Right. We made this move. Nothing has changed. What Dwood Wood and Marcus are telling us, which does not contradict your reporting at all, right. is Lamar is going to tell things to Odell right. that he's not going to say to the people that you're talking to. So how do you interpret this act from Lamar posting this? It it, it sounds it, not sounds. It appears as though this is him saying, hey, man, look what we just got when it wasn't clear until then right. that he still considers himself part of we.
3: Right. So Odell Beckham facetiming with Lamar Jackson probably isn't a new development. I'm sure they've had past conversations. I think they've been tight in the past. Odell's tight with a lot of quarterbacks and star players around the league. They all talk. They all know what to expect from one another, what their plans are loosely. So, yes, you are correct that, especially in a negotiation, when he's not even signed right now, he's not going to tip the Ravens off at what he's doing necessarily. And really, I don't think there's a whole lot of correspondence or negotiating going on at all right now. So – but he can tell Odell, hey, we'll see how this goes. But, but I'm not convinced that, that it's just a slam dunk that because they had a FaceTime talk that uh, Lamar's committed to Odell to playing because, you know, Odell's sitting here saying, okay, I get $15 million guaranteed. I wasn't getting that from the Jets. It would have been nice to play with Aaron Rodgers, but I'm not going to take 3 or $4 million less just to do that. I'm going to go to the highest bidder, especially a player of his caliber. You have to do that. And so – and I do think there's a sense of Baltimore with their new offensive coordinator. They are transitioning into more of a passing offense with or without Lamar Jackson. So they had to upgrade a little bit. So I do think there's a a business piece. I agree with you that it's it's very non-Ravens like. But they were going to add somebody. They just had to overspend in this case because they didn't the other receivers that are available, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Denver receivers, they'd have to give up a big draft pick and they didn't want to do that. The
4: with or without Lamar Jackson piece in your, uh, that's what I think is so important here because Greeny, they needed to upgrade their wide receiver room regardless of who's throwing the passes. Yes. If Lamar's coming back, great, we have Odell. If Lamar is not coming back, we definitely need more on the outside. Yeah. Probably gives them even more incentive to, to, to sign the guy. So maybe they have two motives behind this.
1: And that's why I don't agree with you necessarily, Mr. Hembo. And you are listening to Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay and benefits and one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. I, I don't know that this isn't a good signing. I don't mind Well, you're an NFL team. I don't mind overpaying for a player who you think might contribute in a significant way for one year. And that's mm. all they've committed, right? If, if they gave him some sort of long-term commitment yeah. around which they were going to have to make future plans, I would totally agree with you. That would sound, that would seem insane. But considering everything that is in the basket here, and by the way, what I found in the notes this morning that blew my mind is that, And I went back and looked it up. The Ravens moved from Cleveland to Baltimore in 1996. In that time, they've never had a Pro Bowl wide receiver.
3: That's crazy.
1: They've had Pro Bowl return guys who were technically wide receivers. But as a wide – they've never had a Pro Bowl wide receiver. So – to try and catch lightning in a bottle, that he might be really good, that he might help you with whoever your quarterback is going to be this year if it isn't Lamar, that he might help Lamar be more inclined to come back, that he might help make Lamar even better. I actually think it could be a decent investment. And yeah, the saying goes,
4: there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal. And I generally agree with that. But I want to ask you, This is, we have been led to believe this is a fairly weak draft class, and especially at the wide receiver position. So from your draft prep, from your research, do you think this might be a hedge in in, in that case saying, we don't see anybody in round one that we might take that might improve our offense. We'd rather uh, overpay Odell for one year because of that. Well,
1: look, they've tried that, right? So they took a guy named Rashad Bateman, who's still there, who was a really good receiver out of Minnesota, had one or two really good years in college. He's been mostly hurt in the NFL, and so that's been an issue. They tried that. It's kind of hard to, I think... Unless a player is just super special to count on him, so are there receivers in this draft? Absolutely. Jordan Addison is a name people really like going into this draft. Um, the Quentin Jackson, uh, 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 um, Johnston, excuse me, TCU. The, the, the kid from TCU is yeah. a kid people like. Jackson Smith and Jigba from yep. o- Ohio State is a player people like. There, there will be. More than that, there'll probably be five wide receivers that go in round one. But are any of them going to help you immediately in the way Odell might? Look, if you're the Ravens and you do have Lamar Jackson this coming year, you're thinking championship thoughts, right? I mean, why wouldn't
3: you be? Yes, and that's the way they always think in Baltimore. But it's the Ravens are in a really tough spot because they just have five picks, right? Mm -hmm. And the 22nd pick overall. You can't get one of the top four quarterbacks at 22, Even if you wanted to do that, no, the receivers will be there. That's who they take. The receivers will be there. But if you take one, then you you only have four other picks to do anything else with. So I, I do think part of the calculation is let's give Odell some money that we don't have to give a draft pick up to acquire, and we'll overpay a little bit. But maybe that overpayment helps with Lamar as well. And if he doesn't come back, then at least we have a high-end receiver that we can pair with Bateman and Mark Andrews and go from there. I do think it's like a two-tiered mm. process. Quickly before I
1: let you go, just the Rodgers thing is the other thing hovering over yeah. everything. What?
3: So, Greeny, I checked in on it this morning while we were doing up. I was told that the situation is in the same place that it was at the owners' meetings in Phoenix two weeks ago when the Packers and Jets did talk. Rodgers' agent, David Dunn, was there to mediate a little bit hoping that uh, you know, the Packers' stubbornness could, uh, could loosen up a little bit, mm-hmm. as was told to me, and it hasn't happened yet. So, but they're close, and I know you've heard that 100 times, but it remains close. A lot of this legwork has been done. they just got to get it over the top. I'm guessing closer to the draft – a concession will have to be made from one of the sides. Right, we will see. Uh, that's the football. I got everything
1: covered for you today. We started with the football, on my buddy Jeremy Fowler. Thank you, my man, for of sticking it's around. Nice for me. Really good day today, and we'll see where everything goes. Uh, my NBA takes are coming up next. I'm going to need your help. You know, Hembo, as we were planning this thing today, I forgot my ballot is due tonight. Uh oh. All of my <laughs> NBA um, awards, you know, I, I have to vote on everything by tonight. I want to go through some of the tougher decisions, and and primarily. I, I have one very big philosophical decision I have to make, and I need your help mm. with it. We will get to all of that in a moment. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just 79 99 and they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone with AutoZone. We're back in just a moment. You're listening to ESPN Radio.
2: Types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg. Code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy.
0: Greeney, the podcast.
1: Greeny, with you here on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. <coughs> for anyone who needs to know this, and by that I mean the crew doing our TV, and for Bubba and Cam who are here, the assembled members of the hashtag crew who've assembled around me uh, this morning. Uh, as I get into the last day of the NBA season and, and now my really, really busy uh, part of my schedule begins as we have the play-in. ESPN has the two games Wednesday night, and then we will have one more Friday. Then we have four playoff games Saturday and another on Sunday. So, you know, the NBA regular season comes to an end. My big responsibility today is that by sometime tonight, I think 8 p.m. or sometime today, I have to have my postseason awards ballot in. and And so that includes, obviously, your MVP awards and all that stuff, but also – I take very seriously, not that I wouldn't anyway, but the first, second, and third team All-NBA, when players make that, it has a lot to do with how much money they wind up getting paid, and that has created for me a philosophical conundrum, and I want to let you guys help me figure out how to handle this, because I really can't make up my mind, so... Let's get to that in just a moment after this word from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click or just stop on by. Greenies Takes. All right, so let me give you some quick takes here uh, as we have now five primary storylines. As the NBA regular season comes to an end yesterday, I will take you through my top five observations or thoughts or feelings or belief uh, beliefs as we head now into all the things I just described to you, which would be um, what comes up next. So here we go, my top five.
0: Number five. Uh,
1: number five, if the Sixers are going to win it, they're going to earn it. Uh, Hembo and Cam, that's your team Windy said it well this morning. They will have to take one of the toughest paths to a championship that any team has ever had. Assuming seeds reasonably hold, they will play the Brooklyn Nets here in the first round, and they should certainly dispatch with them reasonably easily. They would then have to play Boston and an MVP candidate in Jason Tatum without home court advantage. They would then, if everything goes the way we expect have to play Milwaukee and an MVP candidate in Giannis Antetokounmpo without home court advantage. And then we would assume, well, not assume, if you get through that, you will play the Western Conference champion, which could be Denver, which has Nikola Jokic, another MVP candidate, or it could have a team that has LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, or um, Kevin Durant on it among the greatest players in the history of the sport. So if you're going to win a title this year, Hembo, your team is going to earn
4: it. There's no question about it. There's going to be a team eliminated in the Eastern Conference semifinals that could very well win the West if they were in the Western Conference. But I'm actually a lot higher on the Sixers, objectively, than most people are. Even putting my fandom aside, this is a team that started 12-12. and But they finished 42-16. and 16. Since that 24-game start, they have the best record and the best scoring margin in the NBA. They're going to have the best player on the floor in that hypothetical, uh, hypothetical series against the Celtics. Do not count out the Sixers just because Boston and Milwaukee would have home court
5: advantage in that series.
1: H- how do you feel, Cam?
5: Uh, this is the best team that Doc Rivers has had with the Sixers. This is arguably better than the 2019 team. I don't know if it, it might be close, but... Yeah, that's a murderer's row that you have to get through. And we keep seeing with the Sixers, second round, second round, second round. And they keep lo- they've keep they lost to Boston several times in those, those series as well. So until I see it, I can't really believe it, but this is the best chance they have, even though the, the road is tough.
1: Every time you watch Jason Tatum play, do you think about how the Sixers and Celtics made that trade? The Sixers actually traded up to not take Jason Tatum. They traded up from three to one. And took Marquise, what was his name, Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz. And instead let Tatum fall to three, where the Celtics had traded back two. <laughs> does that still reverberate? Of course it does. Markel Fultz
4: had more DNPs as a sixer than he had made shots. <laughs> uh, it's one of the worst picks of all time. The trust the process thing is being held onto by a thread, the fact that Joel Embiid's going to win the MVP. this year. All team.
1: right, so there, again, my top five takeaways at the end of the season. Number four. So the Sixers got a tough draw. The Clippers got the worst draw of anybody. The Clippers, playing without Paul George, will have to play Phoenix immediately. And then the winner of that series would play the one, and you'd get set up on the side of the draw that has the one on it. And I think there's a big difference between Denver and Memphis. So the difference between one and two, I think is a really big one. Um, so that feels like a significant one. So I think the Clippers got a brutal draw when all this fell together yesterday.
4: No question. They're a 4-1 to one series under against Phoenix. If they're going to find a way to win this series, it's going to be Kawhi Leonard wearing a cape like he did in 2019, and it might require them to be able to push it to six or seven games and hope you can get something from Paul George. It's not obvious to me if he'll be available
1: at all, though. Yeah, I love Kawhi. I've been dismayed at his lack of playing and I understand he's hurt um, and, and, and somewhat more legitimately so than a lot of other players who just don't play sometimes but we will see. This is our Progressive NBA Snapshot. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. My top five takes coming off the NBA regular season. Number three. Uh, the Warriors got the best draw. Clippers got the worst. Warriors got the best. They got exactly what they want. They open up against Sacramento with no disrespect to the Kings. That is a team that has no postseason experience on its roster. By the way, I did a quick Google Maps test of this. From downtown Sacramento to downtown San Francisco uh, is 87 miles. So this is a drive. I mean, the Warriors are sleeping in their own beds every night of this series. That is a remarkably good open. And then they don't set up with Phoenix or Denver in the next round. So I think the Warriors got an outstanding draw. Let
4: me ask you, though. The Kings have the best offense in the NBA by a wide margin. And the Warriors have very famously played no defense on the road this season. So my question for you... Is do you think that's as easy as flipping a switch for them now that Andrew Wiggins we assume will be back in some you know something approximating himself?
1: We're gonna find out. I, I can only answer your question by saying we're gonna find out. But if you had to bet an amount of money that mattered to you right now on who's gonna win that series, no odds, straight up, who you got? I would take Golden State, <laughs> and, and so would everyone. So that's sort of the answer to your question. This crush, is a right?
4: six- or seven-game series, though. <laughs> I, if you're if the Warriors
1: are not going to
4: roll through this series, Sacramento can score with anybody, and I'm not sure that the light switch thing just applies
1: here so easily. Well, if it's a seven-game series, then they're going to have to, you're, you're, this whole road thing, they're going to have to do it mm-hmm. in a make-or-break scenario. Times. Light so the beam. We'll see. Greeny brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. My f- top five takes coming out of the uh, regular season. Number two. The Knicks got the one matchup that could spoil all the good feelings about their year. For those around the country who don't follow this, the Knicks have had an excellent year. The Knicks have been so bad for so long uh, to have had a year where they made it fun for their fans. They were worth watching. Their name, Uh, the Knicks players will be well-represented in some of the postseason honors. Uh, Jalen Brunson and Emmanuel Quickly, I think, certainly at the top of that list of players who will get consideration. So just making the playoffs and putting up a good fight in the first round of the playoffs would have, under almost any circumstances, I think, left you with a good taste in your mouth. But if they get beat by Donovan Mitchell, then it'll always be that they didn't get him. Mm. And I think that is the one matchup that could sort of diminish the good feeling they would otherwise have had.
4: Yeah, I think you have that right. I mean, the Cavaliers have the best defense in the NBA. They're going to have the best player on the floor in this series in Donovan Mitchell. But let's keep in mind, the Knicks have played them really tough this year. Donovan Mitchell played all four of their head-to-head games, and the Knicks won three of them, including the last one in which Julius Randle did not play, and Jalen Brunson nearly scored 50 points in that game. This sort of feels like the Sacramento-Golden State series we just talked about. I favor Cleveland in this series. But this is definitely a six- or seven-game series. I do not see the Knicks going down easy. We'll see what they get out of Julius Randall. But this team is considerably better than it was in years past, and Jalen Brunson is the biggest reason why.
1: All right, and so then finally, number one. Number one. My number one takeaway is I just figure I should give you, before it all begins, I should give you where I think it's going to end. I think Milwaukee is the best team in the East. I think Phoenix, when all is said and done, is going to wind up being the best in the West. So that is my prediction for the NBA Finals. You can lose the music here, Cam. And let me just go around the horn here on my uh, hashtag crew. Hembo, you are NBA Finals. Uh, I, I've got, I'm going Bucks Suns for the championship. What do you think? I'm going Philly out of the east and Phoenix out of the west. Is that with your heart or your head? It's with my, with my
4: head.
3: <laughs>
4: I no, it's not I didn't answer that question well No, I have talked myself into Philly having a real chance
1: I really have No, no, no one's asking you if they have a real chance yeah. I agree they have a real mm-hmm. chance If you're predicting right now who is going to win the East You're predicting Philly I'm predicting Philly to win the East Okay, I don't believe you that that's yeah, with no. your head But I'm okay Not at all <laughs> uh, Bubba, what is your prediction? I'm going Celtic Suns Celtic Suns I think that'll be a very popular one mm. and so, so far we're all on the Suns How about you, Cameron? Bucks. Grizzlies. Bucks, Grizzlies. Hmm. I'm just letting that marinate for a second here. You're the first person I've heard say Memphis. Um, I think generally th- th- there, are, there are the teams that have all the legendary superstars in the West, and then there's the top three teams, which is Denver, Memphis, and Sacramento. Of those, the team that most of the people I talk to that says you can't forget about, give them a chance, is Denver. I've heard very few people, particularly with the turmoil they've had there with Ja and everything else. Give me a give me give me a quick thumbnail. Why Memphis can?
5: I think they're just being overlooked. I think they've had a little more you know battle tested success last year, getting in that big series with the Warriors. I think pre- people are overlooking them. I think the Nuggets, their own coach says they're soft. The Kings don't have enough experience, and I think these lower seeded teams are going to run out of gas. Okay,
1: I'll buy it. I kind of like it. I' right, with you here on ESPN Radio. Uh, Interesting stuff there, and we'll continue to hear what you think as we roll along. When it comes to scoring great hires for your business, you may be up against a few obstacles, especially right now. That's why you need ZipRecruiter on your team. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Let me take a minute to say thank you to everybody for all the nice reaction we got to our appearance on Good Morning America on Friday. Hemba uh, and I were on there on Friday promoting our book which is called Got Your Number, which is uh, out and available now. We had a a really interesting first week um, of, of sales. Candidly, we took everyone by surprise. No one expected the book to do as well as it is doing. And as a consequence, it isn't as easy to get as we would like it to be. I'm going to tell you in a moment where you can get it immediately if you would like. Um, but we, but that is a function exclusively of you. That is a, a function exclusively of you in, in our audience who wanted to support us, who were interested in this. We knew you would like it. We just knew that this was a book, that this subject matter here, it combines two things I love, sports debate. And sports history, the book creates a ton of sports debate because we make decisions on who owns every number in sports history. And you get to agree with some and disagree with some and and use it to disagree with your friends and all that kind of stuff. So that's great. And then for me, the more important part is the sports history because of the exceptional research done by my main man, Hembo. You will learn something about literally every person in this book, a minimum of 100 times, because I wrote 100 short chapters, two or three page chapters with Hembo's help. Um, You will learn at least once per chapter. So at least 100 times, if you read the book, you will say, wow, I didn't know that while you are reading it. And to me, as a sports fan, that's the best part of all of this. So Hembo, how do you feel particularly? And I was proud of you. I want to say this publicly. Mm. I was proud of Hembo. Why? Because, look, I mean, I've been on a lot of shows in my life. Not only have I been hosting shows, but, I mean, I've been on David Letterman. I've been on Good Morning America multiple times and all that stuff. That was not something that should have been easy for you. Walk right out there on the set of Good Morning America. There's, um, you know, lights and all this kind of stuff and people. And I did not think you came off as nervous at all. I thought you did a really good job.
4: I was definitely nervous. I, I guess you don't think I embarrassed myself, which is good. It sounds like, generally speaking, people have uh, been happy with my outfit choice. Yes, thanks to yeah, my you wife. look sharp.
5: Okay, so you watched, Cam. What would you think? I thought it was outstanding. You, you held yourself well. I learned a lot from the interview, and I look forward to learning a lot in the book as wow. well. Wow,
4: well, I appreciate that very much. Yes, I was, it, Friday was unbelievable for me, as you said. Like I was obviously nervous, but when we were sitting there just chopping it up like we do on the show, it actually felt, felt pretty familiar and comfortable. And for all the nice notes people have sent us online... Before we even left the studio, there were two different people that were working stage crew for them, one of whom said, I'm so glad that you chose Roberto Clemente for number 21, and another who objected to who we chose for number seven. And it's in those little moments where I kind of, you know, uh, think to myself, we really did a cool thing here. We really got this right, because everyone's got an opinion on something, and there's nothing people like us enjoy doing more and arguing and debating sports, and we've really, I think, struck a nerve with a
1: lot of sports. One guy on the stage crew was flat out mad at us. <laughs> he was furious about one of the choices we made and again that's the beauty of it that's the beauty of this and I actually wrote in the book that the best thing about sports conversation that it ascends into debate and I use that word advisedly it doesn't descend our political discourse in this country in this day and age stinks it's awful It descends into the lowest common denominator all the time. It descends into nastiness. It descends into people calling each other names and separating themselves and drawing themselves further apart rather than having an actual intellectual conversation. Sports debate does the opposite. Sports debate brings us together because someone might have thought that we got Clemente right and someone might have thought we're wrong and it should have been Dion and someone else might have thought that it was Tim Duncan. But none of us thought that the other person was a bad human being mm. for thinking it. And that's what it does. So it, it, it the, the debate ascends, not descends, the quality of the conversation. So I was thrilled with that. Bubba, what did you think of Hembo's suit?
0: Yeah, it looked uh, spectacular. He did just, look good, right? I Yeah. I mean, I, I would have guessed he would have been fine with some of the clothes he had. <laughs> but that's, uh, you know, I understand why you got to kind of update your wardrobe a little bit so i think the the new clothes looked good as well so so you thought his
1: regular clothes would have looked good i mean you are the first person to make fun of what he wears practically every day yeah,
0: right. right but those aren't those aren't his like wedding attire and stuff he's he he wears like clothes with, like bananas on him i'm assuming <laughs> watermelons yeah that's it's not right? what he's wearing watermelon shirt I assume he has just normal shirts, ties, jackets, and stuff. I was
5: surprised he didn't already own that suit that he was wearing, though. It was pretty basic, like, attire.
0: Who owns a
5: suit? (laughs) The first text that I
4: read when we came out of the studio, my wife had my phone. I had, like, 20 texts. It was a text from Sal Palantonio, and it was,
1: my wife loved your socks. (laughs) Socks? My socks. How about that? It was the first reaction that I received on my phone. Okay, so here's the deal. The bottom line of it is this. The book sold way better than anyone was expecting. That is both great news and not great news. The great news is it means people liked it and are into it and are buying it, and that's wonderful. The bad news is it's not as easy to get right now as I would like it to be, and I'm handling that separately. In the meantime, there is a place that you can order it online right now anywhere in America, and I have posted that on my, on the, it is pinned to the top of my Instagram, excuse me, my Twitter page. If you go to the top of my Twitter, at ESPN Greeny on Twitter, Um, it it is pinned there. There is a link you can order it. It is still available right now. I don't know how long that will last. Um, As soon as I find out that one is down, then I will find another place for you. (laughs) But basically everywhere we have put it has sold out. And again, that is a testament to you guys supporting us and being there for us and all of that. And it's wonderful. And we are endlessly appreciative of it. Um, But it is also not ideal for the book not to be easily available for people who want it. So, again, I will make sure that we do everything we can to make sure you know how to get it. So, again, if you go to my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny, pinned at the top of that, there is a link. You should be able to order it from there now. If that runs out, I will find out about it, and we will do something about it as quickly as possible. I'll leave that. I'm going to push the read here, guys, uh, because I'm a little bit up against the clock. Up next, I have a philosophical question of how we are going to vote for our NBA postseason awards, because my ballot is due by the end of the day. I need your help. We'll get it next. I'm Greeny, ESPN Radio. Death is the only punishment here.
2: Now streaming. FX's Shogun.
0: My master asks, what do you seek here?
2: To vanquish our common enemies. Ah! Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming.
0: Ah!
2: Epic saga of war, passion, and power.
5: That it come.
2: FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu.
0: Greeny,
1: the podcast. Hi, right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you will love, visit progressive.com slash careers. Assembled members of the hashtag crew are assembled around us thank you again for the ridiculous support for the book the weekend was i mean quite candidly it was just way beyond anything anyone had expected of us and that created some problems that i'm handling separately from this but the good news is there are a few places left you can get it it is extremely hard to get the book right now but one of the places you can get it immediately is from the link that I have posted and pinned to the top of my, in my Twitter page at ESPN Greeny. OK, now we went through the end of the NBA season, and I, I want to ask you guys your opinion, because for all the joking around that I do about uh, the members of the hashtag group, uh, I, I like you guys and you guys are all smart and good sports fans. And I have to make what I think is a very difficult decision. So the NBA gives bonuses to players, not even bonuses, but like their max contracts and all that kind of stuff is tied to whether or not they make all NBA teams, first team, second team, third team. And I have to vote on those. And so here's what I have decided. My my ballot is due at the end of the day. I'm going to vote for Joel Embiid for MVP. It was a tough choice. I, would, I, I, I heard a lot. I went through numbers. My nephew and I actually were breaking down numbers like crazy. He was arguing for Jokic. I feel, particularly with the way the season ended, I feel good about going for Embiid. I'm going for Embiid. I'm voting Embiid number one for MVP. Having said that, it would seem that if Embiid is my number one choice for MVP, then he should be the center, first team All-NBA center. That's easy. Then comes my second decision. I believe Nikola Jokic deserves to be a first-team All-NBA player. And I actually am able, like the the way you vote on these things is with a drop-down menu. I can vote for him as a forward. Now he obviously isn't a forward. But I can vote for him, which will put him on the first-team All-NBA, along with Giannis and Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum. That would be my preferred first-team All-NBA. I believe those are the five players who deserve to be first-team All-NBA if we were doing this positionlessly. But by doing that, I want to tell you what then winds up happening. I then wind up having to put another center on the third team, which is to say if I bumped, if my, if my first-team center is Embiid, my second-team center is Jokic, Then my third-team center could be Anthony Davis, who I believe deserves that. And now other people can have... There's four spots available on that team. If I put Jokic on the first team, I bump Anthony Davis up to the second team, I have to put another center on my third team, and that might wind up being a player that I believe is less deserving than someone who's going to get left off. So for the sake of discussion... That could mean, in my ballot, that Jalen Brown doesn't wind up making the third team, which I strongly believe he does. If you're asking me whether Jaron Jackson Jr., who could be my, third, my choice for third-team center, or Jalen Brown should be on an all-NBA team, I want to put Jalen Brown there. And the way to do that is to move Nikola Jokic down. But if I do that, then Nikola Jokic has had one of the greatest seasons of all time, and I'm not voting for him on my first-team All-NBA ballot. This is a conundrum. I don't, I don't have any guidance on how anyone wants me to do this. Let me go around the hashtag crew. What should I do? I think you should prioritize first-team All-NBA,
4: which means Nikola Jokic, even though he played 100% of his minutes at center this season— should be on it. You believe that he was the second or third best player in the league? I do. I voted sec. I voted him second for MVP. Now, let's be honest. The way that we do positions in the NBA now is totally archaic. He-, he finished third in the league in assists. Okay, he can be where we can put him wherever we, we- wherever we want. And if you put Jaron Jackson on the third team instead of J- instead of Jalen Brown, to me that is a that is a less significant sin, if you will, than putting uh, Nikola Jokic, the second
1: or third best player in the NBA, on your second team All NBA. It- it- Except that it's costing someone money. Regardless. Like someone not being in that spot is actually being impacted by this in their contract. And I'm very cognizant of that. Bubba, what should I do? How many guards can you put on there? Well, again, so what's the limit? The guard seems to be, technically there are six guards, two on each team. First, second, second, and third teams. But they kind of let you fudge it. So, for yeah, example, that's I was just wondering. Yeah, like Jason Tatum, I'm able to put Jason Tatum in as a guard, mm-hmm. which I don't right. think he technically is, but he is a guard on my first team All NBA. So I have everything filled out. I just haven't hit send.
0: Yeah, I mean, my my initial inclination was bumping him to, to the second team because you you stick with, you know, hey, look, Embiid was first, so he's got to go second. But I do kind of agree with Hembo saying the positions are not really that rigid what they used to be. Everyone kind of moves around, plays different spots, so. Uh, yoke first team he's first team it's hard it's it's a hard decision to make and again
1: i'm i'm honored to be a voter and 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 so i i really want to do the right thing here and this year i didn't oh excuse me last year i didn't have this problem as much i forget exactly how i negotiated it but this year i do so let me pause briefly on that i have more to say and we will take some of your assistance with us uh, as we continue as well greeny on espn radio